I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 18 and preview of round 19. This episode is brought to you by Early Vacations, offering packages to tourists in Germany, Argentina, Portugal, Spain, and coming soon, Toronto. Oh, oh wait, no, 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 no. Um, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I'm joined tonight by my co-hosts, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello there. Doing well. Well, guys, uh, it's been a great couple of days of World Cup, uh, but there was some MLS thrown right in there at the same time, and I thought it was a pretty good week in round 18. Let's start out by reviewing our scores. Mike, how'd you do? I got uh, 94. Um, the big issue was I didn't swap out Higuain. Um, and so I had to, and Abu Bakar kind of messed me up. Uh, then I brought in Roe and Kaku, and that didn't really help me too much either. But I, ca- I captained Zatan. Uh, and had Almiron and Martinez and Alessandrini who got and Zardes who got me some decent points. So uh, I think I lost most of my good head to heads, but I mean, I stayed pretty much where I was in the rankings 251. Blaine? Yeah, I got a 102 this week, and I'm both happy and sad by that one. I missed the Columbus lineup by just a little bit, so I didn't see that Iguain didn't play at all, and Abu Bakr was on the bench. I tried to recover from that a little bit and just didn't get my transfers the way I wanted to because I had all that money tied up in a midfielder who I couldn't sub out. I would have loved to have grabbed a second one. But I had Diamande on the bench for LAFC, which was huge. And my bench actually performed really well with Bunbury and Gazan out there as well. So I'll take my 102 on this one. I actually think I fell down a couple of ranks in the overall. I think I was at like 529, and I went, I dropped back to 535 with my 102. I don't know, like six spots or something, but that, that was weird. But I won all of my head-to-heads, which made me really happy. Uh, I did pretty well myself. I caught the Columbus game and got Higuain switched, but somehow I missed that Abu Bakar was not starting. And so uh, I I missed getting him swapped out, and that, that messed up some of my, my bench transfers. But I got 118 overall. Uh, I had Guzan on my bench. I had Ladero and Valeri on my bench, and so that paid off. I also had Hedges on my bench, and because of – me not catching that Abu Bakar stuff, I uh, didn't get his ten points to come on. Uh, so it was it was great. I was happy to see my forward line Martinez, um, Zlatan, and uh, Zardes actually producing. I've had some difficulties with forwards if you've been listening to the show for a while. And uh, one eighteen was great. I went up in ranks, eighty seven overall, so in the top one hundred where I'm hoping to stay for the rest of this half season because uh, that was my goal finishing the top 100. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a pretty good round. There were all kinds of goals scored, and, and that was 
Uh, always fun to see. Well, I mean, not the first game starting out in Minnesota, but uh, uh, but some of these big big matchups: uh, Seattle, Portland, Atlanta, Orlando. Just a lot of goals scored, and even New England and DC. That was that was some great times. Um, but LA, as you mentioned, Blaine with Diamande, just tore the roof off down there in Philadelphia. Uh, but yeah, let's just start talking about our takeaways. Uh, already mentioned Diamande, as they said at r slash fantasy MLS, Diamande has broken. Uh, MLS fantasy. So uh, he's got seven goals in 297 minutes uh, per Matt Doyle in his review article. And he's just going gangbusters. We should keep a, an eye on this, that he could challenge for that starting spot uh, when everyone starts to come back and and from injury with Urania. And uh, I, I can't blame him for, for doing that. He's just been on fire and he's young and it's, it's, it's great. Uh, mentioned that Minnesota-Dallas game. Minnesota is in shambles, and we were talking a little bit about this before the show. Maybe we'll touch on it in a second. Um, I don't see them as viable fantasy options anytime soon, not even doing as well as they did last year. The thing to note from this, because that's Minnesota's bad, we know that. The fantasy information to note from this is this is a Dallas without Diaz anymore. So we saw uh, Guerrezo move out wide, and had uh, uh, Uola start again at, as a center midfielder. So this has been a formation that they've had before, and it looks like this is where they've at least started to test the waters for what that might be like, a Dallas without Diaz. So keep an eye on those starting lineups to figure out who you may want to pick up from this team if you want to start going deeper than maybe one or two people. Uh, yeah, I'm going to add on that. I think like okay. Ma might get some more opportunities too with Diaz out. Um, but definitely it's something to watch because I think they're going to have to tinker because I don't think there's anyone on that roster that can really replace Diaz. Yeah, they'll be so rotating. They're going to have to try to figure out something if they don't grab someone in um, you know, the transfer window. Yep. Uh, Got to talk about Montreal. Mentioned in the last several shows, and, uh, and something I like to take away from, again, uh, flipping through the one of the Matt Doyle articles, Montreal had some good results against some poor teams. Now they've got a good result against Sporting Kansas City, which, as Blaine can attest to, is a solid team. So this is not giving me, fantasy-wise, 100% confidence in Montreal. Piotti is still a good option in the right setup. Uh, Tider is still a good option, maybe going too deep in the right setups. Makes me feel better about those. Defense-wise, hold off some. Um, but in the right situations... Start looking at your center midfielders with Fani and Camacho back there as center back or for the right matchup. So just a couple names to bounce around there with Montreal if things start to to work out for them. Um, yeah, then, I'll jump in here. Uh, being the closest thing to a Montreal expert we have, um, the defensive, the center backs do look really good together. Um, yeah. They really yeah. did shut down this SKC attack. Um, this was not anywhere near a good game from Kansas City. Vermes was frustrated, and I think his post-game comment was, Montreal wanted it more, and they clearly did. They looked good from the start, and that was just that was a good all-around performance. This is the Montreal we hope to see all season long, and maybe they're putting it together at the right time. They're currently in a playoff spot, and they've got a little bit of a belief and a little bit of life to them as a team that all credit goes to them this weekend for the win. And they looked good doing it. The attack was just it was flowing. Piotti wasn't the only focus for the whole game, which was kind of nice to see. 
They do have some Canadian Championship games coming up soon, uh, later this month, so we'll keep an eye out to see how those affect the overall team makeup and success. Uh, last game I'm going to mention, uh, let you guys jump in after this, LA Galaxy are scoring. They've gotten over a little bit of that hump that happened when Zlatan came in at the start of his time with the team. 3-3 uh, three, three against San Jose. Defending, still a struggle. Keep that in mind going into this round 19 when LA has a double home game. So uh, you get some offense production, lacking in defense uh, security, uh, but uh, LA seems to be scoring some again. Maybe that will help them start to claw back up. Uh, but it was a great, great game with that. Lots of high scoring points, goals from Wando as well. That's some of the fantasy takeaways I took from round 18. Uh, Mike and Blaine, any other final thoughts you want to add or takeaways from round 18? Well, you brought up Canadian Championship. Um, I think Montreal is the best team in Canada at the moment. <laughs> That's on uh, 18 is when they're going to enter into the fray there. All right. Well, anything else, uh, anything you want to talk about? Um, I. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I mean, I'm just going to say Katai's continued to to tear it up. I mean, he definitely embarrassed New York City's back line. Um, and pretty much single-handedly winning that game for them. Um, there's a lot of um, fuss around him. Um, it was thought that his loan was expiring at the end of the, pretty much at the end of the game. Um, that's been extended now for a month, so he's going to be available for them. Um, but that's definitely something to watch. I think uh, Chicago has kind of solidified themselves. They're not tinkering as much as they did in the beginning of the year. I think they finally found something that's stuck, uh, and they're definitely in a good position to kind of make a run. Um, and then maybe like we just don't. I mean, we talked about Diamande. I don't think we talk enough about how good LAFC is. I mean, they are doing an incredible thing for an expansion team. Um, they're surpassing Atlanta's mark so far. So, I mean, it's it's just been incredible what Bob Bradley's done. Um, Benny Fellhaber, We'll talk about this in the you know the picks this week since our DDW team. But he's gotten uh, a lot of really good consistent points. Um, Another one who's getting good, good consistent points, um, not with LAFC, but is Ladero. Uh, got a two, two or two assists, two or three. It was two, yeah, it was two because it was three two. Um, and so it's I think terrible. he, yeah, he, he. Even though Seattle is still terrible, Ladero is back, and Ladero is putting up the fantasy production that that we've got, uh, we've been expecting. So a lot of really good uh, options uh, in midfield. And to add that one one point to Chicago, you also have Dax back into the mix now. Yeah, yeah, you've got Dax. I think they've. <clears throat> I think Ellis coming back is has helped them too. Blaine, yeah, I was just going to pile on the Diamante thing. Um, don't look at that as him being one of the most prolific goal scorers MLS has ever seen. I think a lot of this comes down to the system that he's playing in right now. Uh, Vela was a huge early season pick for all of us and put up really good numbers. And now the next guy's stepping up. I think some of this goes credit to Lee Wynn and Latif Blessing was really good for him this last weekend as well. I think he's got a great supporting cast and Bob Bradley gets all the credit for this one, the way he's building this team where they can lose their star player and have the next guy step up and they look really good right now, really threatening. Don't go head over heels over Diamande, but until Vela comes back and is for sure starting or until Diamande slows down, I expect him to be in the lineup a lot more consistently, even if it's just a sub role. 
But don't be surprised if he gets relegated back to the bench or to that sub role, super sub late in the game style pretty quick. Yeah, but he's not really challenging Vela's place, though, because he's that more true true forward spot. He's I mean, that that's what their system is. Like you said, I totally agree mm. that that's the system that's really working out well for him. It's it's Urenia that uh, he's going to be looking at splitting time because Vela's going to slot back in to to where he is and then it's going to be who's that going to be that guy up is it going to be you demanding but and even if he doesn't lose his starting spot to vela i think he'll certainly lose production i mean Vela is probably the only mls player who had a really good world cup um i mean even today in, in mexico's match against brazil which thank god they lost but um oh. i mean he, he, he what i'm not landing donovan wells fargo isn't paying me to, to shield for mexico um <laughs> oprah oprah <laughs> I'm, I'm, if I'm rooting against someone Opa is rooting for, that's, I'm, I take it as a good thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, th I think Vel is going to cut into that contribution, but I mean, Urena was getting a lot of opportunities and wasn't converting them. So, yeah. If you now the question is whether Diomande can do the work that Urena was doing in terms of movement and creating opportunities for Vela. That's going to be the big question. Um, so I don't know if Diomande is going to be as much of a compliment to Urena. Not to mention we're also throwing Horta in the mix. So fantasy-wise, there's a number of questions um, to them. Um, we also we this isn't in as far as a final thought on round 18 in general, but Wayne Rooney did officially sign for DC United. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I mentioned this on Twitter. I think I joked that he's like 12 million. He should be put at 12 million. But regardless, I think it's going to be interesting because he's going to be the most important player in FMLS uh, in the second half of the season because DC United has so many home games and have had so oh, yeah. many games that they haven't played that they're going to be a double game week team very frequently. So whether or not he's rotating or playing and how that affects DC United going forward is going to be a big storyline. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out. Now, I don't have the art in front of me, and I should have put the note down. I don't think he's going to feature in this game. I think he'll be no. in double week 20. Yeah, he's he's going to be in 20. I mean, D.C. United is not a double game week team this week anyway, but um, he, he will be available next week, which oh, is the opening of Audi Field. So uh, the transfer window opens on the 10th. So all the, all the new players like Horta, uh, Rooney, um, the guy Seattle just signed, uh, they're coming in um, not this game week, but next next game week. We'll be talking about them. Um, the soccer basically has him replacing Darren Maddox. They say they're going to play him as Cole. So if there's no formation shift with him coming in, he is just going to be a straight-up replacement for Darren Maddox, which puts Mullins even farther down the bench. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> maybe he's going to be – maybe he's trade fodder at this point. And I could see a couple I mean, of teams making a stab at him and getting him some playing time. I mean, it would but make anyway. sense for them to trade. Well, I, mean, Minnesota. I, I, I do generally think that they need to do a formation shift to try to get Maddox and Rooney or Mullins and Rooney or whatever. I think they need to get more offensive power. But then again, I've never really understood why Mullins is on the bench and it's Maddox in this one too. Um, I, I mean... I'll be honest, I think it's four games in for DC United and they fire Ben Olsen for being an awful, horrific coach who doesn't couldn't coach his way out of paper, paper bat. Okay, but. you say that, but who's the longest tenured coach in MLS? 
I don't know that that's a positive thing considering DC United. Yeah, longest ten, longest tenure. <laughs> I, I mean, like in, they haven't but, fired him well, because they're lazy because they're cheap. I mean, it's basically like the Colorado Rapids. Yeah, I mean, well, it doesn't, longest tenure is Peter Vermes, and you can see what he's done in those ten years. Next set number two is Ben Olsen, and what trophies does he have to his name? Mm-hmm. If DC hasn't fired him yet, they're not going to until he leaves. Okay. See, Fair see, point. I, I kind of feel like Fair they point. were keeping uh, it until Audi Field, and this is like, okay, now we're going to be spending money. We're giving you Wayne Rooney. I think they're going to want results right away. And so I, I think I, yeah. now the pressure is on Ben Olsen to produce, whereas basically the last year and a half, they said, we don't care. Yeah, I can see. Last I can see being more of that. 10 years. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a 10-year deal with Olsen, and he hasn't been fired yet. Well, we will see in these coming weeks what happens once Audi opens and Rooney is in and uh, what the future has for Ben Olsen and uh, what that will impact their fantasy team-wise. Uh, well, let's start talking about round one more. We seem to have got 18 oh. rounds. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. All right. uh, one more thing that happened this week. We're all rude. Peruvian strikers signed with Seattle, and that was officially announced. So don't know what that does to Bruin status and how quickly they're going to try to work him in. I haven't seen much on that other than he is signed. Okay, moving on to housekeeping for round 19. Games start Tuesday. That's right, Tuesday. Tomorrow, if you're listening tonight, or today, if you're listening on Tuesday, July 3rd at 9 p.m. Very short turnaround for uh, what you had today. That first game is Houston versus LAFC, the only game on that day. There are zero teams on a bye, but there are 11 teams on a double game week. So here we have a huge double game week to really get some good fantasy points in as we're winding down to the end of this spring season. Uh, The teams that are on double game weeks are LA Galaxy, LAFC, Minnesota, Houston, Sporting Kansas City, Toronto, Colorado, Dallas, Seattle, Atlanta, and Real Salt Lake. Uh, Of those 11 teams... Three have a double home game. That's Houston, Real Salt Lake, and the LA Galaxy. And three of them have a double away game, which is Toronto, Seattle, and Atlanta. So a lot to mull around when you're trying to make your choices and a lot for these two guys to talk to you about in our next segment coming up. But before that, Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone who continues to donate with Patreon. Emails went out today to start to organize our top donors coming on to be guests on our show. So expect to hear some of your fellow patrons on the show very shortly talking about how they've been playing and getting their thoughts on the season at large. If you have questions about during that time, send them in. We'll be happy to have them fielded by our our wonderful listeners uh, and if you want to find out more about Patreon, what is this thing? Well, it's it's what we use to kind of help fund this whole project. Uh, we are just blessed to have listeners who want to be a part of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast and help us shoulder the fees that keep us producing this podcast, help us cover the hosting cost, help us cover not just for the SoundCloud, but also for the, the webpage where we get everything posted for everyone. So it's it's a community effort to get prizes and to get publicity and just get everything out there and we're so happy for the people who continue to be a part of this and we're happy to be able to reward you as well if you're interested in finding out more about this and want to get involved yourself head over to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash m-l-s-f-i and now the injury news 
All right. Uh, not a whole lot of um, headline injury news this week. Um, let's the biggest injury that happened over the weekend was uh, Kendall Waston uh, came back from World Cup duty and was rushed into playing with Vancouver. Uh, he left with a left groin strain. Uh, no timetable. Uh, Nick Lima for San Jose came off with a possible injury. No word on what that is. Um, Adi missed the Cascadia Cup um, with his injury. Uh, not clear what that is. Um, Ridgewell uh, remained in Portland for family reasons, so he's not injured. I, I think his wife is having a baby, um, if I remember right. Uh, Christian Teixeira got a three-game ban for um, racist language, so he'll be out for another two weeks. Um, uh, Frederick Higuain got a stinger or a bruise in his hip. Um, they thought there wasn't going to be much of it, but he did miss this past week. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll miss the next week, um, something to keep an eye on. Uh, staying in Columbus, Zach Steffen uh, had a surgery. He was pegged at one to two weeks um, with his second week being questionable, so he may be available to play, but um, not likely. Uh, just a heads up, uh, Josie Altidore should have been back by now, but um, there's been no word. Uh, I am going to note that most of Toronto's soccer coverage has been spending the past month uh, in Russia, so we haven't been getting the same updates that we usually get from Toronto, but that's something that's very curious. So just to keep in mind, because that's a big deal for them, uh, Roman Torres uh, was injured in Panama's last match against Tunisia. Uh, not sure when he'll be available to come back to the Sounders, so don't count on him <clears throat> for this coming double game week. Uh, and then as we kind of mentioned before, Mauro Diaz is um, has left Dallas. Uh, I don't think it's official yet, or at least I don't think it's official from the Dallas end, but uh, everyone believes that he has been transferred out. Uh, and then uh, Nagby for Atlanta United is out two to three months with a right adductor injury, so they will be shorthanded for the rest of the summer until, uh, excuse me, until Remedy comes, uh, who is their new signing. So that is all of the Injury news. Oh, I guess I should also mention Via. Um, this is the second game of Via's thing. Uh, but since it is a double game week, I'm going to give you a heads up on the uh, yellow card warnings. Uh, as always, MLS did not uh, update this in time for the podcast. So I'm kind of working off, but I did check a bunch of the teams, especially all the teams with uh, two home games, since those are going to be the biggest targets. Um, and these are the players who are on warning that I know of. Uh, Chris McCann for Atlanta, Romario Williams for Atlanta, Albert Elise for Houston, Thomas Martinez for Houston, uh, Perry Kitchen for the LA Galaxy, uh, Schuler for Minnesota, Calvo for um, Minnesota, uh, let's see, Marcelo Silva for RSL. Um, actually, Perry, excuse me, Perry Kitchen is no longer on uh, yellow card warning because he just he should have earned the good behavior incentive. Sorry about that. Uh, Alonzo for Seattle, and then Tolo for Seattle is also on warning. So those are the double game week players I know that are on warning. I'm hoping that they will update it before tomorrow's game, although I'm not hopeful considering it's a holiday weekend. Um, but if they do, I will post that at MLS Injury News on Twitter. Thanks very much for those, Mike. Uh, I know those Houston ones will be particularly important. I uh, hope mm -hmm. Blaine gets to mention those. Uh, now we're going to move on to round 19, talking about the, the previews coming up. Uh, as always, we're going to focus on the double game week teams first and then just sweep up with anything important from all of the single game week teams after that. So double game week focused review right here. Blaine, tell us about Houston. There are double home game versus LAFC and then later versus Minnesota. 
Yeah, the double home game here kind of is a trap. I don't trust this defense at all, even at home. LAFC has been on fire lately, and Minnesota is surprisingly a better offense than we might be have been expecting at this point. And I think Houston's just bad enough where this is a trap game if you're going to look for a clean sheet on the second leg. Don't do that. Um, there's a lot of good options here. I don't know that there's a ton of rotation risk because Houston is fighting for that playoff spot. And I think they've just got their players that they like lined out. The two, the two big problems, as Mike just mentioned, are Elise and Martinez are two of their biggest playmakers, and they're both on yellow card warnings. Um, yellow card in that first game kills the second one, and I think the Minnesota games where they've got better chance to pick up points. Um, you may gamble and roll the dice with either one of those two guys. I think they're probably your two best options this week on this team, but if you're worried about the yellow card and you just want to play it safe, um, I really like Minotas as the next guy up. He's been running and just putting defenses under pressure. And I think he can exploit either one of these two defenses that are coming to town. And then I've got an outside shot on Willis as we've got the unlimited cash at this point. Um, he's really the only option you have for a keeper. Throw him out there, see what he gets in that first game. If they miraculously keep a clean sheet against LAFC, you've got an easy clean sheet locked up. And if they don't, uh, you can put in one of your night two keepers and just go with your primary keeper that you would have gone with anyway. I guess we should just say that he's the only shot at a keeper if you want a double or, game week keeper But true. if you want a single game week option, then you do have at least a couple of more options. I mean, I guess you could also, if you really wanted to go for Minnesota's keeper, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. that'll be clear and then switch, swap them with, um, you know, Ramondo or the LA Galaxy. And that's pretty much your only double game week options. It's rough. It's a little rough. But can I, can I, I want to argue with Blaine about like the Minnesota's offense. Um, Minnesota has only scored 19 goals this year. Um, that is one less goal than the Colorado Rapids have scored. Um, it's good for the second worst offense in the league, um, right uh, above Seattle's 13 goals, which, oof, sorry, Seattle fans. But I, I, I think Houston has it, even though Houston's defense is pretty bad and I don't put a whole lot of trust in him, I still think they have a decent shot against Minnesota. Uh, Blaine's absolutely right about LAFC. I don't see them keeping a clean sheet there. But I, I think they have a more than decent chance against Minnesota. Well, let's look at the numbers. Uh, Minnesota would be in the bottom third of, uh, of the league as far as scoring on the road goes. Over eight away games, they've scored 10 goals. So they have a bit better than that one goal per game average, but most teams do at this point. Uh, so they're really bottom. And then Houston at home is uh, kind of a, a middle, pretty much a middle of the road home defense. Uh, at home, uh, which is seven games, they've allowed eight goals. So a little bit over one goal per game there. And this is what I think is the biggest trouble. Blaine and I were talking about this before the show started. The biggest trouble I think with this double game week is that you have a lot of teams in this situation. You have some average teams at home playing against some average teams on the road for their respective scoring or conceding uh, season long averages. And so it can make some of this stuff a little bit of a coin toss with these double leg things going on. But yeah, uh, that's how Houston and Minnesota pan yeah, out. 19 goals isn't great. 
by any stretch, but they've only been shut out four times on the season. And I pulled it up just so I could see it because they seem to, I, I just haven't been seeing teams get clean sheets against them like we kind of expected in their first couple of seasons. Uh, that was at, at Red Bulls. They got shut out. Home to Atlanta. They got shut out. Um, the other two, oh, where'd they go? This last weekend, home to Dallas. And where's the other one? Oh, and a loss at LAFC. Those are four teams that are leading their conferences right now. They're doing really well. I just don't see that. If they're going to get shut out to those teams, fine. But they're just they're putting up goals on everybody else, and so and that's something. where that's where that statement comes from. They're getting something in every game. They're not putting it up on the on the results. They're not putting it up all over the place, and their points don't show it. But they're getting goals in almost every game they play. All right. Well, but this this would be my argument, and maybe this is getting into a larger argument. Your other options for defense are RSL and the LA Galaxy. Um, so, you know, the, we know LA Galaxy's defense is probably one of the worst in the league. So we don't have a whole lot of trust on him and them. So I think really if if you don't trust in Houston, you've got to look towards one of the road teams. And to You're, me, the, there's a still enough in that Minnesota matchup that Houston's worth a look, at least even if it's just in an auto route. I think there, there are good options there. Yeah, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll back I'll counter that one in my picks later because I've got my options picked out without having to go with Houston's defense. Sure, there we go. And of course, the old adage: teams are always better at home. And when in doubt about goals, go with the center back and hope for bonus points. Uh, but let's move on. Mike, uh, LAFC starts out away at Houston and then home versus Orlando, which looks so juicy. Yeah, it's it's going to be so juicy. I think one of the big questions for LAFC, and I should have mentioned this in the injury report, is Mexico was eliminated. So that means that um, Cuatro Santos is coming back for the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but the big fantasy one, of course, is going to be Carlos Vela for LAFC. The conversation we had earlier, where does Diomande fit into that? Um, does Vela start? I mean, I, I don't assume he's going to start uh, this game because he'll be flying back uh, tonight. So almost certainly he doesn't play against Houston. But whether he comes off the bench and takes a bunch of minutes from Diamande, I'm not sure. Personally, I think LAFC is in a good enough position, and Vela was used very heavily by Mexico, so I think that they're going to give him a rest, and we're not going to see him in this double game week, except for maybe a cameo at the end of the Orlando game, because they're probably not going to need him. Need him. Uh, we talked about Diamande. He's torn it up. Um, Benny Failhaber has been incredible, uh, very, very consistent. Um, I think he's been scoring over six points uh, the last few games. So I have him in my lineup. Um, best for 120 minutes, 120-minute concerns. I mean, I think L the thing with LAFC is there's not a whole lot of depth. So I think my, my main concern would be they, they may rotate the Houston match since it's a road game, since it's on shorter rest, and since Houston didn't play this past week. So I could see Bob Bradley kind of throwing us a curveball there. So, but I think if they're starting that game against Houston and they're a consistent starter, they're also going to start against Orlando. Um, and I mean that that Orlando game, like you said, is so juicy. Um or I know Orlando just got a new coach. I don't think he can fix what's ailing Orlando in a day. Their defensive players are bad. Their midfield has no defensive capabilities whatsoever at this point. So I mean, that's probably like a three nothing win. Um, 
I could see having Simon in the Otteru spot since that's a decent enough clean sheet shot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think LAFC is one of the better. We, you have, we have a few home and away teams. I think LAFC is one of your best options there, especially since they're one of the first lineups, so you can kind of adjust your lineups a lot with them. Do you still think there might be rotation against Houston, even with Houston being within their conference and Orlando being without, or is that Orlando game so good that it just offsets it? I I, I think teams tend to rotate. It's not as much about Eastern and Western conference. It's more about home and away. That, that's just kind of what I've done. Like observational wise, I don't have like exact numbers to back that up. So to, to me on short rest, they played Saturday night. They're playing again, Tuesday so that's where I think you would need to rotate more, whereas I think that everyone should be healthy or rested by the Houston, excuse me, the Orlando game on this coming Saturday night. So that's why I'm more concerned for rotation in that middle game. Um, but like I said, LAFC doesn't have a whole lot of depth. There's not a whole lot of new guys they can mix and match uh, into it. All right. Makes sense. Blaine, here is your soapbox for Minnesota. They uh, start out hosting Toronto and uh, they're, I guess, no, actually they start out away at Houston and then they end up hosting Toronto. Uh, what are that? Maybe I got that mixed up, but anyway, they're playing Toronto and Houston. What do you got? Yeah. Um, I think this is as far as it could go for a double game week for Minnesota on bad conditions. This doesn't look too terribly bad um, especially for fantasy wise. I really like what Quintero has been doing so far in his short time with Minnesota. I think he's brought that spark to the team. And I think he's helping really my only fantasy standout that I would be considering taking this week. I think there's just too many other double game week options that are a little more consistent for other positions. But Quintero is on my short list. He was in my first draft of the of the lineup and he is not in there at the at the moment. But I may run back to him, especially seeing that lineup first. And then uh, Toronto is just in shambles, and they're having to go to Minnesota for this one. Um, I know Mike's going to talk about Toronto in a second, but I think Toronto's lost the locker room. I think there's something else going on to what's happening with the results. And if that's true, this is a game where Minnesota can pick up some points and really help their standings in the Western Conference a little bit. And this is a good chance to go to Houston, do something, maybe get a result down there, and then come home, make it a four-point week, and see what can happen. And like I said, Quintero is going to be the key guy if they go out and get results that you want him if they're going to have a four-point week. So they go. I don't think this is as bad as it could be for them, but I just I don't see the steady fantasy options anywhere besides Quintero on this one. All right, thanks so much. Uh, and yes, uh, they start out hosting Toronto and then travel to Houston. Mike, tell us about Toronto. They start out away at Minnesota, then they stay away at Sporting Kansas City. Have they lost the locker room? Um, I, I don't know if it's as much of the locker room, but certainly I know Giovinco's had contract issues. Uh, I mentioned Josie's injury. I think he's been very vital. When they struggled last year, it was without Josie. Um, I, I think there's also a little bit of regression to the mean. Uh, if you paid attention to expected goals last year, you knew that Toronto was vastly exceeding what they were expected goals. Not that they were a bad team by any stretch, but they weren't by expected goals this super incredible team. You know, 
And now they ended up getting the trophies. It's better to get expect uh, goal. Excuse me. It's better to get trophies than expected goals. But now you're paying the price, especially with the injuries and all of that. Um, I mean, they're, they had a home game this past weekend. Their top player last week was was Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley scored four fantasy points last week. Um, if you're picking Toronto, you are doing it on a hope and a prayer. And that hope and a prayer is that these are must-win games. They have to win against Minnesota. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And I mean, Sporting Kansas City is a tough game, but they have to get a result there. Um, I would generally be lean more towards defensive players, maybe Victor Vasquez if he's back available. But, I mean, Toronto's so tired and exhausted with as much as they've done. I don't know that I feel very confident in any of them being 120-minute picks. Um so in general, I think you're staying away from Toronto unless you're just trying to go differential. But yeah, I mean, Toronto has struggled this year in fantasy. Um, I, I think we mentioned this before the broadcast, but I don't think we mentioned it now about Giovinco, uh, a stat I heard on X-Time Radio from Matt Doyle from uh, Waking the Red. Giovinco hasn't scored an open play goal since August in MLS. That's wow. not good. Um and I think it generally shows the dysfunction in TFC's attack without uh, Josie Altador because they haven't had Josie Altador in MLS play for pretty much all this year. So, yeah, Toronto has issues, and with two away games, I, I just don't see it. Okay, Blaine, let's move on to talk about Dallas. Uh, they start out hosting Atlanta and then travel to Real Salt Lake. Yeah, with the... With the potential for Diaz leaving and him not starting lately, um, I think it's safe to assume he is gone, and you guys hit it perfectly earlier. There's going to be a lot of rotation risk for this team. I think your your two constants going forward are going to be Lama and Rudy. I think those two guys are pretty much going to start whenever the team takes the field. Um, Barrios on the on the other side, I think he could see a little bit of rotation. And I think your midfield could be see a lot more rotation than what some people might want to get or think of. Gruezo's been a little in and out. Aloa came in for him. Ja'Cory Hayes is a youngster who kind of played well at times this season, and he could get in there. Pomacall is one of the other ones in the player kids movement that people are calling for, and he got the start this last weekend. So I wouldn't trust too many of the midfielders here. I think you're going to see a lot of rotation, and I think you're going to see it this week. Um, if they weren't playing Atlanta, even though it's a home game, if they weren't playing Atlanta, I'd say go all in on this defense. Um, I know it's Atlanta at home and then a trip to RSL, whose attack is also a little dysfunctional. They seem to be rotating guys a lot as well. So maybe you can pick up a defender here to go with it. But given the matchups and everything, I'm only going with Lama this week for this game. Atlanta is the ninth best road offense with 11 goals over eight away games. That matters. I like the stats. <laughs> Mike, let's talk about Atlanta. Are you as concerned uh, or are favorable about them on the road? They start out away to Dallas and then stay away to Philly. Uh, well, like you said, I think they've been certainly better on the road. Um, I, I'm still questioning them when they play some of the better teams uh, in MLS on the road. Uh, I mean, what we've seen this year is that they've been able to take advantage of bad teams when they're on the road. Uh, but when they're, they're playing the good teams on the road, not not quite as 
as good, at least in my, and that's what Philly and uh, Dallas have been at, at least when they're at home, they've been pretty stout. So I'm not quite as high about Atlanta this week as, you know, some, some of the other weeks that you, we would have Atlanta players, especially in a double game week. Um, but I mean, you certainly couldn't go wrong saying, look, Almiron has been one of the best players in the game. Joseph Martin has been one of the best six players in the game. Let me at least put him in an auto route situation. That's kind of what I would do. I know it's crazy to think of like players expensive as Martinez and Almiron on your bench in an auto route situation. But at this point, everyone has the money to do it, so why not? So that's kind of where I see them, just because I see there's a lot of risk in both those. I respect both those defenses at home. Plus, I really don't like the two-game road trip. I really don't like, especially when that second game on the road trip is against a team who doesn't play midweek. I just think that always makes it more difficult. So um, really, if you're going with Atlanta players, you're just going on the um, strength of their Atlanta, and they can just roll over anyone. It's not, a, it's not a set of matchups that really screams out to me, I need to have these players. As far as 120-minute, 120-minute concerns, um, Tata Martino doesn't know what rotation is. So I think you're generally okay. Um, I mean, unless he's just like, you know what, we're we're like, I think they're six points up or something like that right now uh, on the Eastern Conference, unless he's like, we can just blow off the Dallas game and we'll just save it for the Eastern Conference game since they are both on the road. You may see that, but I think in in general, it's a, it's a weaker set of matchups for Atlanta. Okay, moving on to Colorado, Blaine. Uh, they start out hosting Seattle and then travel to Montreal. Uh, they got a great win last week thanks to bunkering up and an own goal. Yeah, own goal made an appearance in MLS again. That's got to be the new signing from the World Cup, right? Yep. <laughs> and Yeah, um, Tim Howard had a great week this last weekend. Um, I think these are two fairly Decent matchups. Uh, Montreal does seem to be getting it together, and a road game there is kind of a killer for any potential road defense options that you'd want to look at. So I'm picking this one based on the first game more than the second game. And I can see a couple of options depending on how much faith you put in Colorado, which is probably not much. On a double game week where we're struggling to pick defenders and sometimes a goalkeeper, I think the goalkeeper option is pretty clear, though. Um, Howard and Castillo kind of pop to the surface here as two guys to look at. Um, Seattle will probably get their shots against them, which gives Howard a chance to snag a few more points. If they manage to keep the clean sheet here, that's even better. And the same goes for the Montreal game. I could see this being a five or six bonus point week for Howard. Given the, given the opponents they're playing. And if you really want to go for a differential pick, um, I do like Baji's speed in this one. Um, the way he's been able to exploit defenses with his speed and getting balls in over the top, I think both Seattle and Montreal could be susceptible to that. And I think he's one of those young players who could go the full 120, even with all the running. And so he's one of those weird differential picks that I might look at this week just to see what would happen. Definitely an auto option here. Wouldn't put him in the starting lineup. But somebody I'm going to be keeping an eye on this week just to see what he can do. Okay, Mike, let's get your take on Seattle at least. Uh, they start away to Colorado and stay on the road next to New England. Um, if you're looking at anyone at Seattle except for Nicholas Ladero, um, you have problems. <laughs> um, 
I mean, this is pretty much one of the worst situations for fantasy um, for the double game week. Uh, they just came off a big emotional game against Portland. Then they go up to altitude to Colorado, and then they go onto the worst turf in New England. Uh, everyone is a rotation risk. Um, I mean, I think I, I think there may be some less rotation than usual because Schmetzer is getting towards the hot seat. At least it seems that way. Um, I don't think these are really good matchups um, for fantasy points. Um, I mean, we talked about Seattle struggling; like they have 13 goals this year. Um, Torres is going to be out, so you can't really trust their defense. Um, it, it's funny. I've, I've been playing fantasy with my son in an older goalers. Uh, a league and Benedict was like, Oh yeah, let's get Seattle defenders. And I'm trying to help him pick Seattle defenders. I'm like, ah, they're all terrible. Son, please pick someone else. <laughs> uh, Cause I can't help you with this. And, I mean, it's just bad. I, I think you're staying away from them. Um, Cause I mean, either like they're not rotating on turf at new England or they really should be. So I, I would stay away. All right, Blaine, going to ask you to play your best Jason right now. Real Salt Lake, they start out uh, as a double home team, first versus your sporting Kansas City, and then they host Dallas. I don't know. I think at this point, Jason might call it a dumpster fire up front. Um, I At this point, I don't even know who their starting forward is. They keep rotating. I know they've got some injuries, but Corey Baird looked like he was doing really well, and now he's sitting out for a game. And here we go into the double game week with so many questions and injuries. I I think the only offensive-minded player who has started consistently lately is Savarino. I think everybody else has seen some rotation. And that includes Rusnak. Um, I think, Reed, you said it before the show, Rusnak has never played both games of a double game week. Yeah. And yeah. Now, I think some of that was by circumstance more than it was by coach's decision. They fell on international windows or due to injury that he had sustained before or after or something like that. So he was just unavailable for both games of the double game week for whatever reason. But he still never played both games of a double game week, which makes me question what they're going to do here. They're going to go for the points at home against Kansas City. I mean, they're, they're both home games. It's a good time to pick up one there, but then they follow it up with the second-place team in the West, which is Dallas. Are they going to try to go for the six-point sweep and throw Rusnak in there? Are they going to throw it all in on one game and not the other? I just I don't know with the way this team is going and with all the rotation. That being said, um, I really like Salt Lake's defense this week. Um, Ramondo has got to be one of your better keeper options. Double home game. I know it's Kansas City with their high-powered attack. Um, Dallas without Diaz is a little more inviting, but Kansas City just got shut out by Montreal. Um, they've they've struggled on the road a little bit. They're a better offensive team on the road this year than they were last year, but they've still had their struggles. And if they decide to put Beckerman and Krylock together and bunker in, they could grind out a 0-0 game with Kansas City very easily. And if they're happy with a point against the Western Conference leaders, I mean – this is going to kind of come down to the lineup, but they played the so late on the double game week that you're really not going to see it. So I'm probably going to go with uh, Ramondo and a defender here, but the only guys I really see going the full 120 besides them are Beckerman and Savarino. All right, uh, Blaine, let's keep you going, give you a chance to talk about your sport in Kansas City, which, as we just mentioned, starts out away at RSL, and then they host Toronto. Yeah, the, uh, 
I think there's a lot of rotation risk on this one. I know they're getting ready to come home for Toronto after a two-game road stint. This is going to be three games in, what, eight days? So not an ideal situation for them, especially with the injuries they've had. I know Lindsay's 18 starting at left back because they can't keep another left back healthy this year. Uh, Beasler made it back into the lineup again, but they've been struggling, especially against speed. Opara, as the defender of the year, has looked pretty awful at times, gave up a really weak penalty, and I think both of these teams have enough speed to kind of exploit this defense. The road game against RSL, I mean, I, like I said, I think I could see that one being a 0-0 draw very easily. So you may look at them there. Um, as far as the attacking options go for Kansas City, not really sold on anyone this week. I mean, Shallowy has is probably your best option in an auto route. Maybe Russell if you think he's going to come out. Uh, the two big names I would pick up on this week are Ilya Sanchez, who is just putting up good passing numbers, solid defensive numbers. Going to get you a few bonus points. Grab that defensive midfielder if you're wanting a safe bet. And then Graham Zussi um, with the outside shot at a clean sheet, maybe two against Toronto. Um, He's going to get your consistent bonus points. And if you're really banking on the double clean sheet here, which I'm torn on, I don't see it happening. But you can always go four deep with defenders here or three deep and a goalkeeper. Bold, bold. Uh, yeah, we did actually have a Reddit question where they were asking if it was time to jump off the Zussi bandwagon since he's dropped one million over his last couple of games, and it sounds like your answer is no. I think these are matchups where he can get the bonus points, um, but we talked about it early on in the season. I know Mike was there. These guys are going to hit their ceilings and then start coming back to earth a little bit, and Zussi's just there. His his production is not sustainable for the price he has been at, and his average for and price per point is so stinking high right now. It's got to come down at some point, and he's just unable to maintain that. So, yeah, it may be looking at a at a half million to a million drop. I don't know if they double up on a week. But, yeah, you've got your half million to a million drop that you're looking at, and it's just the price you take. We're, what, three weeks out from the end of the season? It, you've, I'm sure you've got the money to handle that and still survive. All right, Mike, our final double game week, the LA Galaxy. Uh, they are home, double home team, home versus DC United, and then they are home versus Columbus. Yeah, um, certainly offensively, I think this is a very attractive matchup for you know pretty obvious reasons. Uh, DC United is still one of the worst teams in the league, so... You know, you can't go wrong betting against DC United for any by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Columbus is not going to have Stefan, so I think there's a little bit of vulnerability there, um, or at least likely not to have Stefan. You know, we don't know that for sure, but um, my guess is I don't think they rush him back with their position uh, in the conference being what it is. So um, I, I think that there's a really good opportunity for offensive points. Um, we talked about... Um, defensively i don't think there's a whole lot of great options i try to look uh i mean you're pretty much just going on a wing and a prayer if you think any of the la defenders are good i mean they just gave up three to san jose and yeah i know some of that was wando penalty kicks but um i mean you still did give up a brace to chris wandolowski so you know there there's only so much credit i'm going to give you for that situation (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i mean i think there's uh I, I mean, you're only looking offensively here. Uh, I'm not looking at anyone defensively. Um, 
although I can see why just with the the schedule, but um, 120 minutes. Um, I guess this is a, a good question because I don't really know what Zlatan's um, endurance is. But then again, I don't really see that they have a whole lot of other options. So um, that is one that we're going to have to see on. All right, guys, thank you so much for those picks for the double game week players. Single game week teams, uh, all of them, every all the single game week teams in the mix, are there any players that you would pick over a double game week player for any position? Uh, start out with you, Blaine. Um, no. I didn't uh, I didn't even look at any of the single game week options knowing who was playing double game weeks. Um, I did do a quick glance at defenses for potential transfer options in case – one or two of my bench guys doesn't play well out of defense. And I think your double game week defense, your better matchups are on the back end anyway. So you're getting those first few points in the first game, and then you're rolling into a second game where you're expecting more from these teams. So I don't see any real Otteru options on the single game week as well. Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, there are... I mean, we talked about the defenses being weak, but if you look at the single game week options, there aren't a whole lot of options. I, I think there is one player who I would consider, um, and I, I, I don't go with him because I think there's enough really strong forward options, but that, that player is Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, New York Red Bulls have scored 4 nothing and 4 nothing against New York City uh, FC. Um, I haven't... We, we don't know what Dome is going to throw at the Red Bulls um, in, in this kind of tactical matchup, but that kind of domination against the team, this is a game that the Red Bulls are always uh, pretty up for uh, energy-wise. Uh, I mean, they've been playing on fire. I mean, they absolutely demolished uh, TFC this past weekend, and, and BWP loves scoring against the Pigeons. So I think that's a player I would look at if you're looking at a single game week option. Plus, it's the last game of the week. So if you're throwing a forward into an auto situation, that's somewhere you can easily make that swap in. So that's where I would look. Now, I don't have him in my team as of right now because I can't get past having him over Zlatan, Elise, or uh, Diomande. Yeah. But um, I think I think he's on the bubble. You know, I, I if if this was a single game week, I would absolutely have him on there and probably have him captain. You know, so yeah, that's, that's what that's what makes this game so uh, a worry for me. Is is I mean, just throwing my two cents in there. I think uh, Atanella over at Portland is a decent shot if you were looking for a single game week player to round out your keeperoo against yeah. San Jose. Uh, Portland's defense has been pretty pretty good at home, and so that's a nice shot. And normally I would say you have one last game on on Sunday, so that's the perfect time to wait for your switcheroo. But that New York Derby is just so crazy. And with the new coach in the mix, um, I'm just too worried to pick a defense or pick a keeper as a switcheroo or a keeperoo from there, knowing the history of what the Red Bulls have done, but that uncertainty of what New York will do with a new coach. Yeah, and I mean, New York's been playing pretty decent. I mean, they lost this past weekend, but I think still think they were generating a bunch of shots, although their back line, whoof. Um, they're really missing Herrera. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that. And I mean, the, the question is how flexible is Dome going to be, and that's what we don't know. Patrick Vieira last year was flexible and had success. This year he wasn't and got run out of the park both times. So We'll find out. Definitely a game to watch. You're going to be at that game, right? I am going to be at that game. 
I will be sitting in the stands at Yankee Stadium, possibly crying into a chicken bucket. So. <laughs> uh, keep an eye out for Mike. So yeah, so uh, let me just make the pick just to make it. I predict New York Red Bulls win. I predict my sadness, and I hope that I'm jinxing it into a victory. Fair, fair. He's he's being. Yeah. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Reed. Yeah. Uh, for week 19 on single game week players, there is somebody I'm watching. This is not a pick by any means, but I want to see Yoshi Otoon now that I think they're out of the World Cup and he should be back. I really yep, want to see. Yeah, I really want to see how Orlando plays with him back in the lineup. Um, they started off hot and then kind of went through this skid, and this skid has really happened in large part while he's been gone. Um, I think he brings something to something to this team that really solidifies the the offense to defense transition, and I think he provides just enough cover while still being an an offensive threat to make Orlando viable. I I don't know what it is. It's just kind of a gut feeling, but I think we're all kind of on the bandwagon. If LAFC plays the way they did this last weekend, this should be a three zero or four zero game against the way Orlando has been playing. If this ends up being a 2-1 game or a 1-1 game and Yotun's back out there doing some fantasy work, um, I think it's an immediate turnaround that Orlando's back is fantasy viable as long as he's in the lineup. Again, this is just gut feeling, but this is one of those games I'm going to be watching with a lot of interest because I want to see how they how they gel with him back out there. All right, thank you, guys. Let's move on to our player picks for the chalkboard keepers. Mike. Um, I have uh, Willis for Houston, and then I have uh, Ramondo on – well, Willis is on the bench. Ramondo's in there as my – if Willis doesn't get a clean sheet first game. Blank. Keep her up. Yep, I've got Willis to Ramondo as well. All right, defenders, Blaine. Uh, I am starting Glad and Zussi, and then I have Simon and Hedges on the bench. Okay, Mike. I have Glad and Acosta uh, on the field, and then I have Clementa from the LA Galaxy and Funamayor uh, as Otteru options right now. It's you, right? Hmm? Uh, is he Houston? Uh, Funamayor, yes. Clementa is LA Galaxy. And your midfield, Mike. Uh, midfield is Benny Failhaber, Albert Rusnak, Thomas Martinez, and Alessandrini. Oh, and I also have Ladero as the other part of the switcheroo, although I, I did that before I had Martinez realizing that he was on a yellow card. I may swap that out just in case. Blaine. Uh, I've got Alessandrini, uh, Failhaber, Almiron, and Ladero. Oh, you went big there. Yep. Uh, forwards. Um, I am starting Zlatan and Diamande, and I have got Elise on the bench. Mike? Same three for me, except I have them all on the field. Okay. And now for captains, Mike? Uh, I have Zlatan. Blaine? Yeah, I have Zlatan as well. Okay. And finally, clean sheet chances, Blaine. Um, Got to put Sporting up there, um, RSL for sure, and Dallas with an outside shot for LAFC. Okay. 
Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think RSL has the much better shot. Um, I think in general, your defender points are going to be coming from bonus points or uh, outside. I don't see a whole lot of really good clean sheets this week. Yeah, so like a three defender kind of week. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for those player breakdowns or game breakdowns and player picks. Uh, everyone can keep an eye out for that tomorrow on the chalkboard. Uh, now let's move off into our community time. The MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league is moving into the playoff phase of the season. Uh, for those of you who have activated the playoff option for your head-to-head league, uh, now that round uh, 18 is passed, uh, the top eight teams – from each head-to-head, we'll be playing in a playoff-style format until it gets down to the winner in round 21. Um, in our head-to-head league, let me get that loaded up, uh, some tight competition. I know Blaine was uh, razzing Mike a little bit uh, often in our uh, Twitter chat about this because his loss means that Mike and I are going head-to-head in the round 19 week instead of him going head-to-head with older goaler, which I guess, Blaine, did you think that was an easier match? Um, yeah, I thought that was a little easier match. I mean, you're number one in the league and you've been putting up good numbers every week. I think your scores have been overall higher than Mike's throughout, throughout most of the season every week. And I just want to formally apologize to Mike. I feel like I just did the spiteful little kid thing. <laughs> and I knocked him from fifth to eighth in one loss. And I just kind of, I kind of feel bad because when I know it's at this point of the season and I can't set a different lineup to play Mike, but I hate really just blowing up playoff standings at this point. So, Mike, I'm sorry that you're now in eighth and have to play Reed. But if you get the win, I think you've got the hardest game out of the way. Well, uh, like I said on the Twitter chat, I didn't realize that this league had a playoff format. So whenever you told me, oh, I knocked you into a lower playoffs spot, I was actually happy because I was like, oh, wait a minute. I have a chance to win the league again. So you can feel better about that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, match that we have, we have uh, Buana Phone against MLS Two Phoenix, uh, and that is Andrew Crawlard versus Kyle McElhenney, who over who writes some articles for us at MLS Fancy Boss. We have Catnip Junkies going up against Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football Twenty Four Seven, and uh, Catnip is Josh Lewis, one of our Patreon listeners, and I think he's going to be on the show. Uh, the next few weeks. So congrats there, Josh. And then we have older goaler going up against our buddy, Tim over at soccercathens.com as the final match of these eight teams. So uh, keep an eye out for these next few rounds. We'll let you know how that pans out Uh, guys. Any other leagues you want to highlight before we move forward? That's about it. Nope. All right. Well, let's wrap things up uh, with our plugs. Uh, Blaine. Um, nothing really big for me this week. I've uh, been kind of a quiet time over here at our house. Uh, Lily was mobile last week and she's just getting better at that. Um, she does like fireworks. We had a church thing last night that she went to. So, uh, in the spirit of 4th of July, please be safe and sane. Um, look for your fireworks on the field in the MLS games, not in your hands. Mike. Uh, I'd, Mentioned a few weeks ago about the Catholic Nerd podcast that I started. I got the second episode out last week about Avengers Infinity War. So if you want to listen to some talk about that movie, um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Then, like I said, I'm going to New York City's game uh, this coming weekend. So if you're going to be at the game, let me know and I'll come hang out. You can buy me a chicken bucket. (laughs) So uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. 
And as for myself, you can check out everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, all of the articles are primed and ready, at least for me, with the charts to go. Uh, you should expect those to be dropping tonight or on Tuesday morning early so you can catch all of that information. Uh, there may not be an article at MLS Soccer this week uh, for me with player picks, so be sure to catch the chalkboard article that will be coming out. But there will definitely be Skyler's player rankings over there at uh, mlssoccer.com uh, so check out all the information and please go over to reddit.com ask your questions check out what other people post there there's some other fantasy sites that get posted if you want to check those out as well lots of good content is out there uh, please share it please use it and do everything you can to do the, to get the best score possible that being said good luck <laughs>